Pencil. podcast <laughs> welcome to our uh, our annual pride episode yay, yay. yay. Yes. tonight we're discussing knife plus heart but before we begin ash yes what you've been watching over there sure um let's see i've had a chance to finally watch the original two Toolbox Murders. It's um, it's finally streaming on Tubi. Yes, you know I love my Tubi. I think of you every <laughs> single time I look at that Tubi app. Yep. Every single time. I'm you are the reason every... it's on my phone. <laughs> oh, really? Yay! But um, I had a chance to uh, watch it for the first time. I've been binge-watching Will and Grace, uh, One Tree Hill, and <laughs> I introduced the boyfriend to a nice little movie called Truth or Dare. Okay. What do you think? He wants to know what's wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, which Truth or Dare did you have him watch? It was like 30 movies with that time. I know. That came out in like, the last year. <laughs> uh, it's the, uh, what year did that come out? 2018. Was it 20? It was the one I think you were about to say. Um, no, uh, the 2013 one with Jessica, Jessica Cameron. Oh, yeah, what, okay. What is wrong with you, Ash? That's what I asked <laughs> you when you made me watch that. Like, I'm a little disturbed. I just, I don't know. I like I the can't test. get that bottle scene out of my head. <laughs> that was his reaction. He was just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was just like, how is that possible? I was like, I don't know. He's like, well, I would not be able to look at a wine bottle again. I was like, I understand. Yeah. He was just like, yeah. He he he's just worried about me and why I watch movies like that. 
You know, I'm, with I'm, your, I'm, I'm with your boyfriend on that one. <laughs> he still <laughs> loves me, though, so that's that's all that matters. <laughs> if you guys are wondering what Ash is talking about, Truth or Dare 2013 is on Prime. I scrolled past it earlier this week, so I know it's there. If you guys have a Prime membership, definitely not sponsored. But... And it's also on 2B2. <clears throat> Oh, yes. I forgot. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's worth a watch, but if you have a weak stomach, I do not recommend it. So, <laughs> what I about you? told me that. I'm sorry, okay? I like to see people's reactions sometimes. <laughs> like, because I mean, like, I'll be chilling, I'm like, ooh, this is such a fucked up move, we should watch it. And I, <laughs> it's purely out of my enjoyment. I like to see people cringe. That's fair. fair. What about you, Greg? What's up with you? What you been watching? What you been drinking? What you been smoking? I actually. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to throw a new one in there, actually. What I've been reading. um, Devin, you recommended uh, What Doesn't Make You. Shit, I'm fucking it up already. What doesn't kill you makes kill you blacker. Kill you makes you blacker. Yes, by Damon Young. I was trying to scroll through my phone real quick. Um, <laughs> I think that, first of all, let me address one thing. Damon, I know you're never going to listen to the show, but I think I understand why people may have uh, thought you were gay in your younger years. It might have something to do with your addiction. I think that. There's nothing wrong with the way you talk, but I can kind of see it um, either way. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. Um, I really enjoyed the book. I think that uh, hearing the experiences of an African-American male worked well for him. I think that the thing I didn't like was the cadence and the it almost became like poetry as well as he was so, I don't know, trying to be plugged into references that I think that misses the mark for other generations. Like, people mm. don't have to know exactly the most popular thing in 1996 and the way we referenced it and things like that. Um, so I'm curious to how someone born in 2000 would perceive his book. But for me, being mm. uh, someone that would have been the same around the same age as him uh, during the time he's expressing this book, it is relatable. So that makes me, uh, I guess, biased in a way. Um, so if any of our listeners have read the book that are younger than, I guess, they will be in his early 40s or older than early 40s, I'm curious to your opinions. Hit me up on social media at Gray himself, G-R-A-E himself. Uh, but I did like it. Okay, cool. I actually had a different takeaway from that because I looked at like him referencing like Love Jones and the culture of like the late nineties. I just took that as like a timestamp. Um yeah. Okay. It's interesting. I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad you liked the book though. But I'm saying that worked for me. I'm just curious if mm. it does that work for everyone else. Mm. Also, I love that he leans into his narcissism. Like there was nothing like <laughs> 
it's like I was doing this and this led to this. Like when he lists out the 15 steps of how I fucked up, mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil what he fucked up. But I was like, yeah, I mean, that that was I could see how you got to where you got to and why you yeah. fucked up. Um, so like all those things were great. And obviously listening to that at this time, that's not why I was listening to it. It's because you recommended it and life happened. Um, so if you guys have not read it and you're listening, check it out. It's on Audible if you like to listen to books. And obviously it's on paperback. Uh, other than that, I've just been watching things for, like, I watched this movie, obviously. I w- revisited Attack the Block earlier, or late last week, for a collaboration uh, Kill the Dead did with Something Ghoulish, which, if you guys have not gone to Something Ghoulish YouTube's page, you can see a fundraiser we did for the Minneapolis Bail Fund, um, which we did raise $535 with the target goal of $500, so that was awesome. Very happy to be a part of that. Proud of um, y'all. I'm stamping my fingers in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so that was great. Um, I don't think I've done any fun watching. Oh, no. I started New Girl over. My sister girl, keeps talking oh. about. Like, I've seen it, but I, it's not like... If I need something on in the background that is just mindless but i kind of know all the episodes it's either the office or seinfeld but mm-hmm. my sister swears up and down i need to give uh new girl a second chance it's a good show oh, it's not that i didn't like it but it's like it does get a little <laughs> old after a while but yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's like if i'm like not physically watching the things that i forgive me i don't know the actor's name that plays schmidt but i'm not, I'm not physically watching him do Schmidt shit, it kind of <laughs> loses his charm. <laughs> what? Uh, that's Max... Max Greenfield. Greenfield. Yeah. Okay. They got good when they gave... Um, it, it got especially good when they gave Winston uh, personality. Right. Yeah. Yes. That was like halfway through the series run. <laughs> yeah, I think they were just like, we have to replace Damon Wayne Jr., but we don't mm-hmm. really know what to do with the person of color. Yeah. But they kind of brought him back a little bit after a while. And I liked it when they brought him back because it became like an ensemble. I mean, it was always an ensemble show, but you could see the different characters getting paired off in different ways. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. What, what was that uh, show he was in? Happy Endings? One of my favorite shows, Happy yes. Endings. Uh, I still watch that. Yeah. So what about you, Devin? Man, I've been watching everything. <laughs> so I bought and watched Abby. Yeah, ooh, what do uh, you think? What do you think? What do you think? It is not an Exorcist ripoff, and fuck Warner Brothers for bearing this movie. Thank so, you. So for those who don't know, Abby is, it, it came out during the black exploitation era in 1974, and it's about a housewife who becomes possessed by this uh, demon that turns her into this sex-crazed, aggressive woman. And there are a lot of metaphors and layers you can peel back on this film. Um, but it came out at the heels of The Exorcist. So it was labeled as an Exorcist ripoff. It has nothing to do with The Exorcist. They're just two films about possession. Um, this, because Warner Brothers tried to monopolize the idea of possession films, and they tried to bury and sue a lot of other films that came out in the aftermath that had to deal with possession, 
this film unfortunately didn't have the confidence of his backers, uh, and, and so they essentially buried the film. It's it was it's been hard to find. Um, you can find a copy on DVD I found mine on eBay. It's it's an awful transfer. I would love to see uh, Shell Factory or Arrow someone pick, find the original copy and do a proper transfer with some new interviews. But it's it's a fun movie. You know, I, it's a perfect double bill for this would be like actually The Exorcist two. While The Exorcist two sucks, uh, there's still a certain <laughs> beauty in both films <laughs> about a woman who's who's you know going with possession. So. I watched that. Um, I watched. I did the Lord's work, and I watched I, all five of the Critters films. <laughs> Actually, can, can I circle back for one second? Yeah. I just thought about that when you said woman. I've never seen Abby. I've never been able to find a copy. I'm a, mm-hmm. a bit aware of it, but I think her name's Carol something. But. I'm not sure if there's ever been a possession movie or franchise that started off with the possession as an adult. Like it's normally kids, religious kids. Um, what about like the exorcism of Emily Rose or the last exorcism? I get those confused. Where were those? Emily Rose was a kid or young. Okay. Jennifer Carpenter. Uh, the last exorcism. <sighs> I know I hated part two. I freaking I'd hate that look. movie. Part two or The Last Exorcism? I just freaking hate that movie. One and two. <laughs> I think that's the with the redheaded girl, right? Ashley Bell? Is it? Gosh, I only... That was like a one and done movie for me. Well, the second one's like she's in the city and it's like... I, I didn't care for the second one. I'd have to revisit it, but I know she's... What, could we put Katie from the Paranormal Activity films in this category? No. Maybe. You're looking for specifically the devil being possessing somebody. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Greg. Ashley Bell, sorry. Okay. No, Katie's okay. interesting because that definitely is possession. I just don't think of her... Like, when I think of Katie, I think of Blair Witch. Blair Witch. And it, wasn't that the same actress? Mm-mm. Oh. It was like a 20-year gap. <laughs> I mean, not that long. Maybe 10 years. I always thought it was the same actress. You thought it was the same actress in Blair Witch and Paranormal? Yeah. Oh, no. That's too, that would have actually been a pretty cool career for whichever actress. <laughs> That actually would have been pretty cool. I don't remember. I, well, I know in Blair Witch that woman's name was Heather. Like, their first name was their real name. Yeah. But I don't know. Same with Paranormal oh. Activity. And that's just an assumption. Like, I never. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I watched the Critter Saga, including Critter's Attack. You're welcome, America. <laughs> um... And then, and I gotta say, these movies are not the they're not awful. Critters Attack, people really, really took a giant shit on. It's not a great film, but it's not a horrible film by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> it's fun, um, but I also love Critters New Binge, so take that for what you will. 
Um, I've been like watching a bunch of old school sitcoms, like A Different World. Yes, yes. Um, I just finished that. <laughs> yeah, Golden Girls. Well, I mean, I have to watch Golden Girls. Um, <laughs> and then last night we watched um, a movie called Brian Banks, and it's streaming for free. I know it's streaming for free on Amazon, but I, I think it is also on Hulu as well, but don't quote me on that. But it stars Aldous Hodge um, as Brian Banks, who's an actual football player for the Atlanta Falcons, who was falsely accused of rape when he was a teenager. And the film chronicles his his struggle to reclaim his innocence and to get his freedom. And it really examines how our judicial system is fucked up and how, especially when it comes to young or to black men, how they are treated like cattle when it comes to our prison system. So it's, it's a really, really powerful film. And, you know, I, I saw this on the, t- uh, on the back end of watching it, the invisible man. And I just, I, I want Aldous Hodge to become quite famous. I want him to become an A-lister. So hopefully his star is on the rise. So did you watch those back to back on purpose? No, no, just out of sheer... I knew he was in both films, but just out of sheer coincidence, we happen to see both of those films back-to-back. Okay. I was like, that's it. I don't know how you got to that pairing. <laughs> Edibles. <laughs> <laughs> that, that can explain a lot. I've not seen Brian Banks, but I might take you up on that. Yeah, that's Ooh. pretty good. Maybe Aldous Hodge can play Blackula. I knew you were going to say that. I, I want somebody <laughs> older, though. But yeah, he'll be good. He'll be good. Mm-hmm. We should get a Blackula remake, right? I'm for it. If, if there's someone with writing skills that wants to throw it on Kickstarter, I'll be the first pledge. Or Gray, maybe you could play Blackula. <laughs> I, um... Four score and hundred pounds ago, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ashley could play the Pam Greer role in Scream Blackula Scream. Hey, yes. There you go. <laughs> and I'll play Ab- I'll play Abby. <laughs> Why couldn't Abby get a remake? I would love what? to see the Abby remake and actually have a really cool idea for it, but nobody paid me for my screenplay. Well, let's talk about it off air. Right. Okay. Keep it hush hush. Just between us. Because <laughs> I think that, yes, there are some. Um, <laughs> there are some things in black exploitation that are a detriment to our uh, representation. <laughs> the uh, mass right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, in particular. Uh, we're recording this on June 11, 2020, so depending on when you hear this, there was an incident with Cinestate um, and its subsidiaries, Fangoria, and uh, anywhere there's a riff. But I was reading a certain actor um, that's involved in this, and I'm just not going to throw his name in the mud because there hasn't been anything formal church against him. Um what you can do your research, you can find out who it is. And after I say this, you'll know. He did a film called 
false n-word oh i know you're talking about yeah and i'm just like what was the conversation uh between the writers or the director the producer where we're like yeah this is the title we need to go with (laughs) with a hard r yeah (laughs) yeah because um it's directed by a, a white man the writer oh well fuck that'll give it away <laughs> you'll figure out who the writer is once you put all the everything I said together um and I'm just like that's that's the way you wanted to come out and granted the 70s were a different time uh but I think a resurgence of black exploitation I was even thinking about this with um uh Vampire in Brooklyn Wes Craven uh did this movie Eddie Murphy was the principal and it's been widely known that Wes wasn't happy with the film because it was a little too comedic but what did you think was going to happen when you cast Eddie Murphy right um but that's another that film I think could get a remake <laughs> <laughs> sorry I yeah. thought, thought I had my phone on mute <laughs> <laughs> I think I might revisit that movie. It's been a couple years. It's a good film. Uh, It was definitely my favorite around the time that it came out. And then I discovered Interview with a Vampire. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. I can see what this story could have been. Um, But it's fine. I'm glad that I saw Interview with the... Or, I'm sorry. Vampire in Brooklyn first. So it didn't sway... A Hollywood production versus a horror production, and it's mm-hmm. sad that those have to be two different things, but they are, still are, still is to this day. Um, which has nothing to do with race. It's just genre film is not taken as seriously as whatever blockbuster you want to put out. Yeah. Um... Don't give Tony Collette an Oscar for Hereditary. Give it to Meryl Streep. She needs a fifth Oscar for some movie that nobody saw. So, yeah. Precisely. Mm. Um, so, I wish, you know, I think what's going on over at Birth, Death, Movies, and Fangoria, and any of the podcasts that were affected, um... I'm sorry, you guys have to go through that or have to feel like you're being represented, representative of that type of culture. When I think most of the horror community understands that you're not directly in cahoots. Um, and I, I appreciate you guys are making statements, but I think it was kind of understood that you have nothing to do with that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is just sad when people go down by association. Right. So, as yeah. far as the podcasters are, go, I hope that none of your, if it is your livelihood, business is affected, because that sucks. And I think a majority of the podcasts on Fangoria, I do listen to. So, I personally will still continue to listen. There's just so much shit going on in the horror community right now. People weren't acting like a bunch of assholes, you know. Right. Jeez. You know what the, the real thing is? Is I think Chris Jenner did this all. 
Look, no one will pay attention to Chloe anymore, changing her whole goddamn face. Oh, <laughs> just saying. God. Remember, no, I, I mean, clearly, we. I clearly we laugh, all about but, that. <laughs> but I did forget about her her new face. So. Yep. Chris is good. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> or Kylie lying about being a billionaire. <laughs> and she's not anymore, right? Or right. they've yeah. done something. So yeah, fine. she straight up lied. I'm shocked. Uh, reports say. I don't know, Kylie. I so. like, don't people fact check before they put stuff in the magazines? But whatever. No. <laughs> Especially for it to be time. From what I saw was she or whoever does her financials reported an evaluation as X and then she sold it for Y and Y was lower than what that company reports for profits. So it was just simple math as far as that goes. Anywho. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it really could be she had that evaluation and she's just not good at business or whoever represents her and they screwed themselves currently and previously when they sold it. She'll be all right. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kim Kim Kardashian would never do something like that. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I think it's crazy about it is that she's probably not that worried about it. You know, she's still getting paid from her cosmetic line. And I think about this, because, like, let's say $100,000 after taxes. That would change my fucking life. I'm not buying a Maserati or some shit like that. But that's, like, I can live comfortably for a couple of years and save the income for my job, right? Yeah. Uh, for her, that's, like, a shopping trip. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, nobody in that family, in that fucking family, has to worry about anything. Even the great great grandchildren financially, right. yeah. so they're all good. Speaking of people, they're all good. You guys heard Jeff Bezos is on track to become a trillionaire. Who? And that is exactly why I don't want to buy shit off from Amazon. Oh, I, sorry, I zoned it's out. Like, but... He makes something like two thousand dollars a minute, and doesn't and, pay taxes. Uh, yeah. So that's where Shelf Factory and Arrowhead comes in. Like, I'd rather give money to them than buying all my DVDs on Amazon. Even though they take um, forever to get to us. They take forever. They really do. I'm but we still waiting for my sleep. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. we do. But I'm still waiting yeah. for my sleepaway camp. And I'm waiting for my cruising DVD or Blu-ray Ooh. that. Like, technically, I haven't ordered yet, but still, I want it, like, right now. <laughs> Speaking of cruising, that was on Shutter, correct? Was it? Like, recent? Like, like, today? No, 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 no. Like, last fall, when I first became aware of the movie. Hmm, maybe. Ooh. Well, so that... Oh, go ahead, I'm go sorry. Ahead. It's not a it's not a great thing, but I was just fan fictioning, not fan fictioning, proposing, and I have no um, 
I don't even know if this is possible. But what do you guys think if Shutter purchased Fangoria? That'd be cool. Like, yeah. do we need Fangoria to keep going? As a horror community, yes. But, like, they already went away once, and it's great that they were able to come back. And who knows who's making them offers. But I think it would be a very strategic move for Shudder to purchase them. If they can. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Like, still uh, release the magazines and stuff? Yeah. Imagine the um, conventions, the Shudder slash Fangoria horror convention. Yep. I'd be down for that. I mean, they're probably the biggest. I know Arrow just came out with their own uh, streaming platform. I didn't sign up for it. Um, That's with. Uh, aren't they doing something special with the Puppet Master series? Th- I think they have it. I don't know if they're doing anything special. I think there's like a a spinoff movie coming out, but yeah, I gotta look at that. It's just I'm throwing it out there into the ether. Um, you know, if anyone else has money to purchase Fangoria, I'm for it. I just think that they would be the best choice. Or Alamo Drafthouse. I know you guys may not have Well, You do now, right, Devin? Somewhere around here. Yeah. And I don't. <laughs> I, I thought I thought Drafthouse did have something, some type of streaming or a pay-per-view. They have on-demand. And I okay. think... I, I someone can fact check me. I, this is not Bible or anything, but I think Birth Death movies originally started with Alamo, and they got picked up mm. by the current uh, company that we shall not name that now owns them. Just let like women so, run everything. <laughs> just women, just take over everything. That's where we are right now. Cheers. Men really can't be trusted. Which well, is so sad. It is. Well, tonight we're here to discuss Knife Plus Heart for our Pride 2020 episode. Woo! Yay! <laughs> so I was thinking of what movie we should watch, and I didn't want to do something that was obvious. I mean, we, we covered Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 in our last episode. Um, and so I thought about like uh, how was it, uh, Fright Night and The Hitcher and Interview with the Vampire, but I wanted to choose a film that didn't rely on gay coding or a homoerotic sub homoerotic subtext. We don't need to deal with that shit in 2020. I want to deal with actual queer characters who are having queer sex, and that's not all there is to. So. Um, could you guys hear that just now? Yeah, it, it started a little, but yeah. Okay, I had a call a call waiting. I should have put my phone in note of uh, do not disturb. <laughs> but anyway, um, but so that's why I chose Night Plus Heart. And I know I've spoken about it before on the show, but I really wanted to take an episode to to highlight that. Um, so Night Plus Heart is a 2018 horror thriller. 
directed by um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my train of thought here. But anyway, it's directed by Jan Gonzalez, and it takes place in Paris in 1979, and it follows Anne, who's played by Vanessa Paradis, uh, who produces third-rate gay porn. Um, after her editor and lover Lois leaves her, she tries to win her back by shooting her most ambitious film yet with her trusted flamboyant sidekick, Archibald. As this happens, a lot of her actors become brutally murdered, and Anne gets caught up in a strange investigation that turns her life upside down. I want to avoid going over the, you know, the, you know, plot by plot and scene by scene details of this film because I really want people to watch the movie. Um, but to get started, just as a quick, as a quick reaction, what did you guys think of this movie? Did you like it or dislike it or ambivalent about it? I Ash. think that... Oh, <laughs> I'm just no. kidding. No, sorry, go, go, go first, Greg. <laughs> so, when you first said horror thriller, mm-hmm. when I first watched this film, I got... I'm not even sure if this is a genre, so I could be horribly wrong. But, like, is it possible to have French giallo because the, that's the vibe hmm. I get, like between the black mask and mm-hmm. the black murder weapon, which normally it's black gloves in a giallo, the artistic mm-hmm. expression throughout the film, um, and the ominous tones playing. The soundtrack is great. I like it. Um, I do too. Through the film, like I wanted to call this a giallo film, but I'm not sure if like all giallo has to be actually Italian. Or not, but like that's where I get the horror murder mystery um, thing going. Maybe you're onto something. Yeah, I'm I still like, think about that. Not educated enough. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it's 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 a that's a really good point. I didn't think or about new that. Wave it, it, giallo. How about that? I'm gonna make yeah. Some wave. It's definitely giallo inspired for sure, which I love because I completely did not expect that. I also went into this film not knowing it was a <clears throat> period piece. So it's like, it wasn't until I saw the underwear until I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I like, maybe I, I missed something. And as you settle in, obviously, I didn't know it's 1979 per se, but um, I did realize that it wasn't current times. Yeah, but and it didn't I, beat you over the head with it either. It's it's it could be played as an ambiguous time piece as well, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre two thousand three. Yeah, there aren't too many things that are going on to where it's like the scene calls for something. Is like, why would she not use a cell phone? Like, there aren't mm-hmm. too many times where that's going on. Um, on the whole, I love this film. I don't oh, good. know how you made it through an hour and forty two minutes. But Lots of nude men. <laughs> the one thing I would say I don't like about the film or uh, coincided with the length is I think it could be longer. I didn't really like the third act. Like, I just thought it was too fast. It, um, mm. needed it, or for me, it could use more development or more explanation or what have you. Okay. Yeah. So it just could, it, for me, it would have been fine if it was a two-hour film. 18 more minutes of 
uh, exploration. Yeah, I agree with you on that part. Hmm. I actually wanted it to be like a, a tad shorter. Like <laughs> <Listen>. maybe <laughs> maybe like ten minutes shorter. But to your point, I I do wish the third act would have been fleshed out just a little bit more. Yeah. But other than that, I mean I'm sorry, Ash, I'm cutting you off. You're Go fine. Ahead. Keep on talking. You're okay. <laughs> I mean, other than that, it's a great story. Um, a lot of great fashion choices. I'm not sure if that's just indicative of um, queer clubs back then or queer, you said third rate porn? Like, mm-hmm. I would have never picked that up. I don't, I wouldn't know. Um, well, that's what IMDb said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought it was good. I think that as queer as all these characters are, I'm going to go outside of our genre for a second. Because this is a, before I saw this film, I was having a conversation with my girlfriend about uh, the Netflix show Space Force. John Malkovich's <sighs> character, I'm pretty sure, is gay. And here we are in 2020. John Malkovich is a great actor. But I don't think he needs to flex his acting chops at playing a gay uh, person. Like, there are so many other queer actors in the world that could make Steve Carell look better or play up to whatever stereotypes that Netflix deems necessary. Um, I think the time for... I mean, even this movie. Yeah, they're French. There are plenty of gay men in this movie that are actors. So it's like there isn't a shortage of representation in Hollywood or French Hollywood, whatever that's called. Like, mm-hmm. I think now is the time to start giving these people work. Yeah. I mean, and that's one great thing about, like, say, Pose, for example. It showed that you don't have to cast a cis actor to play a trans woman. You can actually yeah. cast a trans woman. Um yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point. I mean, and to be fair, though, Space Force have a lot of issues. I couldn't get through 10 minutes of that show. I, I tried. Um, <laughs> I didn't even bother watching it, so. It looks so bad. I, I watched it, I said, this is not, this isn't for me. It, um, it, we watched two episodes, and I was like, maybe it picks up. Because, like, the everyone's talking about how good it is, and, like, now even um, real-life government is thinking about renaming our potential space force something else because of this show's popularity oh wow so i'm just like what i'm drawn (laughs) to it because i'm not sure what everyone else is seeing that i don't but i'm like you we tried the first episode went into it tried the second episode it's like hey we're done for the night there's too much Um, stuff out there for me to like try you know it's just because i like the actors I, i think i like every single performer involved in the show Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just the combination of it all. Man, that was a rough one. <laughs> yeah, I was happy to see the little girl from Ma getting work. I was happy to see little girl, but yeah, Tony Newsom was on there from Yo Is This the Yo Is This Racist podcast. It's yeah, it has some good talent. It just I don't know. Ash, what did you think of Night Plus Heart? Sorry for bogarting. <laughs> oh, <that's very> good. <laughs> I have to say I love the movie 
I um, <laughs> so I'm glad that you uh, wanted to talk about it. I thought it was beautifully shot, like just the the oh, yeah. colors, the the whole atmosphere of the movie, the soundtrack, everything about it was just beautiful. Even the actors, actresses were beautiful, mm-hmm. and I was just like. I was just like in a trance with them. Like it was like each character, you're just like wanting to know more about them. And just like I just felt like I was part of that world. Like I felt like I was in Paris during that time. I I just I just love it. And then I can say that I am jealous of the dance club. I want to go to a club <laughs> like that. Me too. Like they were jealous. Like ooh, and I was like just sitting down, like doing a little wig. I was like, oh yeah, I get into this. But um, <laughs> but I, I just think, sorry. No, you fine. I, I I think that what you just said there is very poignant because it's like the club scene itself feels like a character. Like you want to interact with it, you want to know more about it, and it's a, indicative of the seventies. Like it was a time of being free. Well, in Paris, in America straight men just pretended to be gay for the night and go back to their wives not mm-hmm. shaming people if that comes out wrong but it's like i think people should be allowed to be free and you don't have to pretend like it looks fun like i would fucking go dance i want to put on the outfit and go like <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't mean you have to change your orientation like you can just go have fun right and and that's what's interesting because this movie takes place like we said in 1979 and this is two years before AIDS is officially identified. And we, in the world, I don't know the entire world, but sexual metropolitans were in a, a state of sexual revelation or sexual um, freedom at this time. And I think that's something that the film properly represents. It's like the, the film drips with sexuality. And even the, the backdrop of the film takes place within the gay porn film industry. And but there's never a judgment on any of the characters or their career choices or even this world. It's just, right. it's, it's a matter of fact, it's almost like boogie nights, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love the fact that this film is great. I'll let you say it. You asked if it was okay, if you could say this, if this movie is, uh, yeah. I, yes, I did ask before we started. I, <laughs> I think this movie is definitely gay as fuck in the best yes. way possible. Um, I love their front to back um, through and through. Like, the opening yeah. scene, uh, until it goes to the murder aspect, I was just like, I'm in. Like, this mm-hmm. is fucking fantastic. And I think that we just need more of this. Like, it shouldn't be... Um, which, nothing against Shudder, what I'm about to say. Like, I don't think it should just be a queer section in Shudder. Like, right. Horror is horror. It doesn't matter your orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, the caveat to that is I do appreciate what Shudder is doing so that uh, people can find what appeals to them notated instead of you having to read all of the things to figure out if it's something you want to watch or not. But yeah. for me, I was just like, like I told you guys before we started, it's like, fuck, I wanted some popcorn. This is going to be fucking <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yes. Yeah, it's it's a very gay film, and the 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 lead character and played by Vanessa Paradis is a gay woman who is getting over the heartbreak of being dumped by her girlfriend 
as her girlfriend is getting sexed up by another woman. Uh, you have the her actor, the company of actors, and this is also her family, um, who, most of whom are gay or sexually fluid at best. So I, this is a, this. I, are there any straight? Yeah, I think a couple of the cops are straight. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a film that if you're at all offended by or uncomfortable with the image of queerness, this isn't for you. Actually, you should watch this. Maybe it'll change your mind on some things. Um, but I I also like the fact because I was going back and forth between this and another movie that I don't I'm not going to mention. But this film, unlike that other film, I was going to cho- choose. It actually operates in a world where um, diversity exists. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was happy to see that as well. Um, and there's also a lot of symbolisms in this movie. So or, I'm trying to avoid spoilers because I don't want to ruin this experience for anyone else. But I will say this. There is a bird <laughs> that pops up throughout the film. Did you guys catch any symbolism with the blackbird? I did not, but I wondered about it because not only through the film, like you said, it repeats, and both cover arts, it's there. And mm-hmm. I was just like, why am I so fucking dumb? <laughs> well, how many times have you seen this movie? Uh, just the one. I've only watched once. It's definitely one of those films where you have to watch two, maybe three times. I'll say that, because I even re-watching, I think, I think this is my third or fourth time watching it, I'm able to pick up on some things that I missed before. Um, so the black bird always appears when death happens, when one of the characters die. Mm. And throughout different cultures, black birds symbolize death. So that's yeah. very much a brand for this movie as well. Um, I'm trying to see how I can approach this. Do you guys, what did you guys think of the killer himself? Would you like to see him become like a horror icon? He was, he kind of creeped me out. I mm-hmm. felt like I definitely felt uncomfortable every time he was on this, on this, this, the scene, like the TV. Cause you knew, some, <laughs> you knew some shit was about to happen. And it's right. like, I like, the first kill was so like it made me cringe. Like I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like yeah, it's I, brutal. It's so brutal, and it's like I might have to rewatch the movie again because I've only watched it once. But it was like whenever the killer was killing people, it was like, is he? What? What's that noise? Is that the leather like squeaking, or is he like? moaning or what it was just like or am I just hearing stuff but it was just like it was something a little off about him but it was just like oh I don't know how to describe it (laughs) (laughs) so I don't know like was I hearing something when he was doing the killing or was I was just like thinking too much of it well he was definitely emoting a sound for sure yeah Mm -hmm. almost like a um like a nervous murmur so yeah yeah. I didn't I didn't know how to describe. It. I was just like, is he 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 heing or is that right. the leather rubbing too much or I don't know what it was, but it his I, whole I, his whole vibe freaked me out. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the euphemism. I um uh, 
I believe prick is a French term, which is slang for penis, which we do see him brandish a dildo, uh, which turns into a weapon, which we're most commonly with someone being pricked. So I do enjoy the dual meaning that goes along with like the gay expression. Um, right. Which I thought, like, I mean, now I'm starting to think, yes, this movie is deeper than what I initially enjoyed it for. And that there's layers to this. I mean, the term prick goes all the way back to Canterbury Tales. Or for those of you who didn't have to study English, <laughs> Jeffrey Chaucer's Canterbury Tales, if you want to go back. Um, I didn't mean that as you aren't from this country or something like that. It wasn't derogatory. Um, just, mm-hmm. I've learned that in Richmond, Virginia, we are privileged as far as education. And I just assume the same things we covered and read, everyone across the world covered and read. So, disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, I, I the, the killer to me was, I compare him to Norman Bates in the sense that they're both extremely sympathetic characters. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of like a, a stunned growth that, that they both possess. And, you know, obviously you can excuse the murders <laughs> that this killer does. I mean, and when he does kill people, he doesn't just stab them like Jason does. He, he no. <laughs> t- tortures them. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. This film is, it's really violent during the murder scenes. And it's also very sensual with the yeah. uh, sex scenes. And I, I think that's, so it has a perfect title, Knife Plus Heart. Like both are, are these extremes of, 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 of pleasure and pain. Um, this actually is a good cousin to Hellraiser, maybe. I don't know. Off the top of my head, just throwing it out there. I was thinking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, walk me through this. I want to hear this. <laughs> I was waiting for to say, like, which one? <laughs> oh, yeah, which one? Well, starting with the first one, because you do... I'm going to go one, two, three. Um, you, you meet Leatherface, and you could tell that he's been abused. You don't know what to degree, because he quickly goes to his parents' bidding. Or family, not necessarily parents. And then you flash forward to part two, where he does start to express himself sexually with his chainsaw. <laughs> Very vividly. <laughs> and then um, part three, you see that he does have what seems to be a child. So, like, there's part of him that presumably is sexually active, but it doesn't necessarily say he knows how to express himself so like there could be some pent up I'm killing people because I'm misunderstood or I don't know how to deal with all this pain I'm back in part 3 he has like the leg brace thing from where he cut himself in part 1 that they ignored in part 2 for those of you paying attention like I do but that's fine um, I could kind of see it Because it really hasn't. Um, Well, then I guess for them, with that 
mindset, which isn't, which is, I, I totally get now. Like even with part four, he's experimenting with cross dressing as well. Yeah. Like he's trying to find himself. Man, we got to do a whole episode about the Leatherface series, yeah. but <clears throat> I need to I'm, sit I'm, down and watch all of it. <laughs> I'm going to send you guys a, a an email after this. But yeah, <laughs> um. Do you got okay? So and I'm I'm trying to again I'm trying to avoid spoilers, but I do want to get into a couple of a uh, couple of things here. The scene where they were in the diner, and 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 um, um, Archibald, they meet a group of crossdressers. I don't know if they're drag queens, but they're definitely men who are dressed as women. Do you guys remember that scene? Uh huh. Do that. What would do that symbolize anything to you guys or represent anything? Um, I'm definitely about to rewatch it again. Because <laughs> <laughs> I I got from it and oh gosh I'm 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 torn. So basically, what I got from that was that she found her muse. She officially found her muse and the beauty that she was looking for to complete her project. And we see, hence, a bird, another bird comes. Because once that scene is filmed, done shooting, we see the bird and people get killed. Um, it's interesting, too, the character of Anne and even the, the female presenting characters how they're written, because I think that Anne is such a strong character. I love the way she's written. She's she's flawed. She's a bit arrogant. She's um, ambitious, mm-hmm. but she's suffering from heartache. And it's also implied that she's suffering from alcoholism as well. Um, and there's some weird, some past trauma, or not even her trauma, but a past trauma that she's somehow uh, become connected to. And then the, the film's writer and director, um, uh, yeah, and Gonzalez, he he has quoted as saying that this film is an ode to all things that are feminine, even the most negative parts. Which um, Ash, as a woman who speaks for all women, uh, <laughs> is that is that a little problematic coming from a male writer and director, or or do you see his point in the film? I can. I feel like it go goes both ways. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. That kind of threw me off. <laughs> um, yeah. I. Sorry. Well, I mean, do, do, are any of the female characters the way they're portrayed? Is the is any of it of I don't say offensive to you, but does it seem inauthentic? I can. Could, I ask. What did you perceive, and this is kind of in line with what he's saying, take the garage scene, for example, when Anne aggresses Lois, is that yeah. a non-spoilerish way to say that? She, yeah, I mean, she, I won't say she rapes her, but she kind she, of, the, she yeah. rapes her, right? Yeah, she, but I was, I was trying to do non-spoilers. <laughs> oh. She was trying to get her point across, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, it's interesting the way gender expression is portrayed in this film. Uh, Anne's film, Homocidal, which is a brilliant title, uh, it's, it's ultimately a conservative piece. It's a tongue-in-cheek, but it's a conservative piece because you have the, the drag queens who are the killers, but they're playing 
um, women. <laughs> um, it, it presents itself in a very hetero, heterosexual pers- um, um, reflection. I can't, I can't find my words. But it's still a gay porn film. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of brilliant. I, I, I love the way that there was, there weren't really many boundaries in the film. Well, yeah, I mean, I I don't want to say it's juxtaposed, but I do enjoy the elements of the film to where we don't have to use norms to tell a story. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's what I liked about Anne's character the most. Like, she operates within a world, and I'm not sure, uh, just because I'm not versed in this area, I don't know how many lesbian gay porn directors there are in the world. Right. Uh, but she's based she's based on a real person. Okay. I did read up about that, but I didn't get to like read more like details about the real life person. Mm-hmm. I think Why like majority you? of the characters were based off real people. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. I remember seeing like on IMDb her name is an anagram for the real life cinematographer um but i don't know enough about gay porn to for that i would have never picked that up if i didn't read it well i can send you some um links if you needed to do a little more research on on what the if it helps me understand the movie because i would like (laughs) it i am fine I know, like, when we first, like, like, our in- were first introduced to Anne, I was kind of, like, I kind of got her confused with uh, Lois, or how you... I, I, Lois, I, really? Yeah. At first, because I was like, wait a minute, so who is who? Like, I don't know why I got their characters mixed up at first, because mm-hmm. when you first see Anne, I didn't think she was going to be, like, that kind of character. Like, when you first see her, she was just like, take me back, take me back, like, bagging and, like, just a hot mess. I'm like, oh, she's just gonna be some lame character that's gonna get, like, the axe first, like, whatever. Like, I didn't really care about her, but then it's like, you pretty much just fall for the character. You, like, feel for her, and, like, she would not, she's so passionate about her work. She's passionate about being in love with Lois and just, she knows she's flawed, but she's willing to make it work like she wants to fix it and i just yeah i mean she wants lois really bad and she i think lois has moved on and that's heartbreaking i mean if you've ever been in that position that is extremely heartbreaking yeah Yeah. i mean i can't say i've ever been in that position because you know me but right (laughs) (laughs) but it did i'll go to that extreme like myself i've never gone to that extreme but right yeah, and, and, you know, and there's some things. Um, so, so there are some things with the movie. The first time that I saw it, because when we see the killer, um, you know, going around killing people, it could also be played as a manif- manifestation of Anne's emotions yes. and her psyche. Mm-hmm. And so the film played that fine line. Well, is Anne actually the killer, or is this a separate person who's just? Killing and the lineup of every of all these events is just sheer coincidence. And but before I had that thought, before 
we see what happens in the end. This movie reminded me a bit of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 and perhaps, maybe, Candyman 2020, where there is a killer who is a spiritual killer who's using a human person as their avatar to kill. Or maybe vice versa in, in, in this case. That's what I was originally thinking, but um, I don't want to spoil anything else. <laughs> no, I mean, I was definitely on board for that, and that's why I think that's ultimately like why I think the third act could have been fleshed out a little more, for, just for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that the ending can't be satisfying for other people, but I was just like, man, I had this whole narrative built up in my mind of how this would more than likely turn out, and it doesn't. Um, I also, as a side note, uh, Vanessa Paradis, I'm not a fan of her DNA. Like, the whole time she's up there, I just got <coughs> Lily Rose. Damn! Like, Is that her daughter? Yes! Wait, wait, wait what? She, her, her and her daughter look exactly alike. Like, they could be sisters. I, I didn't know that. I knew she was married to Johnny Depp. Like, they have kids, but I didn't know that was her. Lily Rose Depp. Oh. oh. There's something about her, about Vanessa Paradis, that's, she's, I, I found her captivating in this movie. Mm-hmm. She has this sort of, like, authoritative disposition. She's a woman who's in charge, who's aware of her flaws, and is probably afraid of her flaws, but she was very much in charge of her world. The people, the, the actors, uh, the fluffer, <laughs> the film <laughs> oh, poor guy didn't they call him golden mouth or something yeah <laughs> yep yeah I wonder if those positions still exist just asking Fluffers for definitely are they are okay yeah because mm-hmm. I'll never be unemployed <laughs> but yeah <laughs> but yeah I'm glad you guys like this movie yeah, you could just tell like everybody just respected her, respect the character of Anne. Because usually, Except I guess, Lois. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I probably. Need, I I know I'm going to rewatch it again, but did they talk about why they fell out? Was it because she was an alcoholic or? No. But, you know, I also have a couple of theories, too. I mean, I think maybe you're right, Ash, some of the alcoholism paid, played into it. But I also thought that um, Anne was sleeping with Frode, who is her main star, who gets killed in the beginning. Because huh. it's, it's implied, because she starts recreating, these. this movie that she's making is sort of recreating the deaths that are affecting her actors. Right. And at one point, the Frog 2.0 is having sex with a woman. Wait. <laughs> then let's go back to the Avatar situation. Because mm-hmm. when you do see the finale play out, she's looking on like a voyeuristic thing. She's not actually interacting. Mm-hmm. So it could be. Like, she just yeah. needed in her mind for justice to be served or to put it to bed, however you want to word it. Yeah. But it's not 
anything that was indicative of that really happened. Because even when she wakes up in the same theater in a dream state, like we already understood that she's sleeping or was sleeping at one point. Mm-hmm. I gotta watch this again. Yeah, I, just... <laughs> I think it's just. I think you're like... right. I don't think the killer is a killer. I think it's all her. Oh yeah, I'm like zoned out right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> am, am I not wrong? Like the only time the killer interacts with her is when they're behind the um, screen. Right. So no one else really sees it. Well, towards the end, except for the end. But that could also be explained as not reality, more of Anne's deconstructing her own neurosis and her own problematic behavior. It's not, I mean, the movie, I mean, the, the, I don't know, should I say this? I don't know, you may have to cut this out. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) The killer is real. Like, he is an actual real person who was inspired by her films. But um, but I, I do like the way that we can play with it as the killer is her avatar. Yeah. I will say my one critique of the film, other than maybe cutting it by 10 minutes, would be the, the <laughs> death scenes. Because <laughs> while the death scenes are violent and they are brutal, they also... They they seem to just happen very quickly. There's not, with the exception of maybe one death, there's yeah. not a lot of tension or suspense that's built up to them. Um, the one scene that I can think of that actually did explain, well, that actually did do that involved. I'm so bad with characters' names, but it's the uh, cross-dressing, and I'm not even sure if that's the right term, but the cross-dressing actress that she hires when they're in the bar. Uh-huh. And then when they're all out having a picnic and everyone gets separated and the this act this character is by themselves in the woods and then you the camera spins around several times and see the killer approaching and then approaching. See, I thought that was a part... really effective scene. Yeah, yes. I kind of got lost during that scene because I was like, wait a minute, what what's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I got I got lost, but I feel like that that death had more effect on me than. I mean, all I mean, all the deaths were like fucked up and sad, but I felt like that one just kind of hit me a different way. Because that character yeah, I, truly represented, I think, her was her muse. It's represented like a resurgence in her creativity. And when that film was done, she really had no more use for that character. So it was sad to see someone who looks like that, as we see in our everyday lives, trans. I'm not saying this character was trans, but we see non-conforming people get tossed aside. Mm. I do think, now that you, I'm running it through my head of murders or deaths, I think the fellatio death is my least favorite. It was kind of like, when you open the film the way you did, to have a phallic scene was kind of like, ah, that that can happen. That that's happened probably in other films I've seen. Um, mm-hmm. However, while you guys were talking, I did look up this film on IMDb again, and the 
the character, the fluffer, his character's name is Boucher de Or, and that literally translates mouth of gold in French. What? Mm. Uh, I'm just using <laughs> Latin tactics, but even like in Spanish, mouth is boca, so Boucher makes sense. Or is gold in both languages, and D would be day in Spanish. I'm translating it into Spanish, but it all works just the same. Okay, then, Gray. I see you. But I like his character a little bit more now that it wasn't just like, (laughs) I mean, his real name is Pierre, but like they could have been Pierre, but then like that's an on set joke. But no, his character was written just like that. I found that pretty much every character in this movie was was fairly sympathetic. Mm -hmm. You feel for them. I do want to clear up something, too. I just want to put a little, like, disclaimer or apology or something earlier when I said I questioned if Anne had raped Lois. Um, She did rape Lois. I I, I guess I I didn't want to make it seem as if I only think rape is, you know, penis first in vagina like oh, yeah. she did rape her yeah. <laughs> so not to laugh but you know um i just want to clarify my position on that um oh that's fair i mean i was just honestly just trying to dance around giving it away um mm-hmm. my only question for the both of you it could be controversial it may not um archibald Porn stash or no mm-hmm. porn stash? What did you like better? Porn stash. Porn stash always. Yeah, I have yes. to go with the porn stash. Yeah. I was just like, um, I don't I don't like the clean shaven. I like the porn <laughs> stash. I don't know why. But I'm glad you guys said the correct answer. I like the character. I liked all the characters actually. I like that his character was not a character. Like, that was Archibald. The way, like, it wasn't like this. They yell cut and he switches. Right. Or, um, <laughs> I did like that. If you couldn't tell by my Space Force comment, I think we just need more representation of how people actually are, not people pretending to be other people, even yeah. if it's acting. Yeah, agree. I fully agree with that. Well, I enjoyed this movie, and I'm really glad that you guys liked it. Um, you know, again, I wanted to pick something that was a little bit different for our Pride episode, and I didn't want to do anything with any queer coding or anything like that. So I'm glad that you guys liked this movie, and you're going to watch it again. Yeah, I appreciate you making us watching it. Because <laughs> I remember when you first talked about it a couple episodes back, I saved it on my queue. Mm-hmm. But I just like just kept skipping over. I was like, eh, eh. Like, yeah. I'll get to it when I get to it. For some reason, it just didn't catch my eye. But I'm glad I've watched it. You know what? The soundtrack is awesome, too. So I just want to point that out. Yeah, that's what I was saying in the beginning. Like, I'm definitely going to look that up for uh, purchase. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hopefully Shudder re- releases it, like, on Blu-ray or DVD. 
I noticed they they've been doing that with a couple of their movies. Mm. But, but we'll see. Are they releasing it like with all the special features and everything, or is it like a bare bones? <sighs> I think so, for the some of the movies I've seen, it's just it was just the movie, mm. and then like a free code for Shutter. But yeah. That's why. Okay. That's why I, I kind of stopped myself from buying the movies because I'm like, well, I kinda, yeah, I want special features, please. Yeah, I, I hope. That, I mean, I know this movie is on Blu-ray, so I, I know we can always. Oh, find it, it is. I, I, yeah, but I am interested in, in hearing the, um, you know, any comments. I don't know if a director's commentary is on it or, or anything, you know, behind the scenes or cut scenes or anything like that. But because, like we said, oh. Gray, it does end a little abruptly for my taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we would need an American version of the Blu-ray because the commentary probably wouldn't be translated. Oh, oh, crap! I forgot about that. <laughs> I can refresh myself on some French. <laughs> I thought you were going to scare me and say we need an American version of this movie. Oh, I know. <laughs> no. I was about to say, hell no, no. No. <laughs> no, I like the movie no. the way it is. Um, yeah, I don't know foreign. Films in general are your jam. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a language you prefer to hear over another? Like when it comes to like, do you lean more towards French or Japanese or Korean just because you like the tones? Um, I lean more towards the French. I, uh, I feel like. I feel like I get more of like a like. I feel like the point gets more across with the French language, like with the language, and it's more serious when it needs to be serious. I, yeah. And it's like I know expressive culture. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more fluidity, period, in French culture. Yeah. And I know some of the words, so I'm like, hey. <laughs> or, uh, or like with like Spanish I could handle Spanish too Cantonese Japanese and all that stuff I have to sometimes I just I go in a trance and I'm like wait what oh <laughs> and I have to, like, about to say you speak Cantonese and I was like that's special <laughs> no <laughs> just don't go learning that <laughs> no I'm not no I, I can't do that <laughs> But yeah, definitely French all the way. I love my French films. <laughs> you know yes. I love Martyrs, so come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you like High Tension as well, right? Martyrs, High Tension, Inside, Frontiers. High, high Tension would have been another great film for Pride Month as well. Yes, that was on my list, too. 2021. Be ready, people. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, I, I would. I also one more thing I like about this film that while it is a horror film, it's also a love story. Ultimately, love is what motivates our lead character, and it's also the family film. Family film, not a family friendly film, but it is ultimately about a family, a community of people that yes treat themselves as family as well, which is something a lot of us queer folks fully uh, can can resonate with. 
especially like with the final act, like towards yeah. the end of the movie, how they like everybody just came together. It was like, yo, you did us wrong. Boom. Yeah, yeah. The 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 victims became the um I don't know the vigilante group, so to speak, <laughs> towards the end, which yeah was awesome and heartbreaking at the same time. Yeah, this movie was very. <laughs> It was emotional for me. Yeah. Yeah, there's a certain amount of extra humanity given to the killer at the end. Mm -hmm. To where it's like, I shouldn't be upset that he's getting his comeuppance, but yet there's something like tugging at me. It's like, this is actually sad. Mm. He just wanted to be loved. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I'm glad you guys like this movie. We should um probably wrap it up around here, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> Ash, where can people find you? Oh well people can find me on Twitter at Ash to Ashes. That's Ash with the X in the middle, Ashes. Hmm. Okay. Griff's kidding. <laughs> 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 Yeah. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> Graham, where can people find you? You can find me on all social medias at Gray himself, G-R-A-E himself. Also, you can find our podcast wherever podcasts are listened to on social media at Kill the Dead Pod. Coming to Switch soon at Kill the Dead Podcast. And if you could do us an extra favor, leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts. Please show us some love. Tell us Please. that you like, even though it's going to hurt me to say this, that you enjoy Lord of the Rings or, oh. or oh. whatever. Oh. <laughs> or just say hi. Oh. <laughs> yes, please like, subscribe, and rate us. That will help us all a lot. Um, you can find me on all the social media platforms, I think. Well, okay, definitely Twitter and Instagram with I Need You Jesse. <laughs> you can go to I Need You Jesse.com where I will be uh, posting a lot more. I'm in a better headspace now. Um, I don't think I'm on Facebook. I know I, I created a Facebook account, but I'm not on there. So it, I, whatever. Find me on there too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> All right, guys, listen, happy Pride, everyone. And to all of us, just stay safe, fight, be vigilant, and donate to Black Lives Matter. Yay! Happy Pride. Much love. <laughs> love you all. Bye. Bye. Refill already? I, I did. Or I mean, I didn't refill. I just sorry. What are you drinking? Two drinks and came. (laughs) Okay. Did you just make a dirty joke? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, why is he laughing? (laughs) I am drinking an omission beer, and I had me a highball of. Wood for reserve. Okay. I'm drinking a little bit of red wine, but I got a little bit of vodka with me too. Um, (laughs) After we get into like the beginning, that's when I'll like have a couple drinks.
I'm having good quality filtered water with some ice. <laughs> Make sure you're not driving tonight, Ash. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm being careful. I'm only going to have one. <laughs> oh, man. Bef- no, never mind. I'll wait for the show. While you wait for the show, the show's happening right now. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> shit. I didn't know that. I even gave you this the disclaimer. But I thought it was a joke. Okay. Well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you have to cut all this out. Right? 